0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Bike Radar podcast. I am your host Simon von Bromley and today I am joined by Bike Radar's Senior Technical Editor for Road, Ash Quinlan. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. Cool. Well, today we are here to talk about injuries, specifically injuries sustained whilst riding bikes and, crucially, how you can make a return to fitness. Now, Ash has unfortunately had a little bit of experience with this but that has helped him garner some tips so Ash is going to share some great advice on this and hopefully you'll learn something uh, but before we get into that Ash uh, how are you how is your injury and um, but what have you been up to recently?
1: Uh, I am preparing for bike of the year testing um, we've got we've got some bikes coming in I'm taking on the sort of raceful rounder category so yeah really looking forward to what kind, kind of bikes awesome is bike in that category? Well, uh, what what kind of models you want to break? What yeah, kind of models now give, in the podcast? Give, give people a little a juicy taster. We've got uh, Tade Pogacar's bike uh, coming in the new Colnago V4 RS. Uh, what else have I got coming? Um, a juicy Ridley um, uh, coming in. Uh, i just trying to think now. Uh, supply's not been great recently, so <laughs> so um, the bikes I thought I was getting in two weeks ago are not the bikes I'm getting in now. Um, all very worthy of bike of the year though, and uh, yeah, really looking forward to to riding them. And the Colnago should be should be good fun as well.
0: Yeah, well, as you say, even we at Bike Radar are not immune to the kind of ongoing supply chain crisis that unfortunately uh, not. Is, is engulfing the, the bike industry. So um, yeah,
1: small violins out for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. But no, we've got a good mix of bikes and um, we'll have a worthy winner at the end of it for sure great well let's get straight into the
0: subject then now you have as I kind of mentioned earlier recently been on the recovery path uh, from an injury which has seen your kind of mileage and fun on the bike curtailed a bit so um, first of all Ash what was the injury and how did it happen
1: uh, well, the, the the root cause of the injury is is my new job here at Bike Radio. Uh, no, I joined <laughs> it's an in,
0: emotional injury. Yeah, something <laughs>
1: like that. Yeah, no, I joined in uh, in the summer last year, and um, with that, I started uh, riding bikes and testing bikes a little bit more. Um, I've always known I've had a little bit of an imbalance in in my body. One side is slightly longer than the other uh, when it comes to my hip structure and my legs. And that's been fine. I knew that back in 2016 when I first uh, had a bike fit, and it's been absolutely fine. I've been managed managed ever since. Coming back to riding and testing bikes a little bit more, you're changing bikes a lot more of the time, so that's a factor. But in general, you know, my body has changed in in that time. It's a good six years. Um, and so, you know, I'm a little bit more flexible in my back, for example, I've got more flexibility in my hamstrings now, which I know is the opposite to what you might expect, but I took up some rowing, um, a few years ago, uh, for a period of time, which seems to have helped with that. So I started playing around with my figures and my bike fit just a little bit. Um, yeah, to- first top tip, don't do that. Um, uh, basically I set the saddle at a comfortable height, which is slightly higher than where I was before. I felt I could generate more power there and was more comfortable and I was for a period of time until essentially I uh put extra stress on the slightly shorter side of my body um and so yeah it's just become a, basically a repetitive strain injury uh, as many of these things are it, when you're peddling a bike all the time. It's in your knee, isn't it? Uh, the the pain. It's in the knee area. Actually, okay. the the source of the injury is different. The source of the injury is a tight uh, groin area right. <laughs> that inserts into the side of my knee, and that can cause knee pain. But actually, as I sit to you now, well, as I sit here now talking to you, uh, it's not my knee that aches. It's the muscle above it in sort of my lower groin area that uh, that that aches because it's tight. Yeah. Um, and it's constantly tight and that causes uh sympathetic stress everywhere else if you know if you see what i mean
0: yes well we're all i'm sure the listeners are all very sympathetic <laughs> uh
1: well yeah that's not what i meant but yeah fine fine
0: <laughs> yeah i i think as you kind of said like no, no one will be breaking out the small violins no, for us but no, that no, no. but this is kind of part of our job is as, as as you know people might imagine is testing lots of different bikes and mm. of course you know we all have our own bikes and our own bike fits um you know i've never had a proper bike fit but obviously i have a bike that's set up for me and how i like to ride it but we sure. have you know when we call in test bikes of course they don't arrive you know
1: set up perfectly
0: or tailored anything. to our yeah. personal fit you know in an ideal world of course that would be you know brilliant to do but the logistics of you know swapping out handlebars and stems and setting up mm. kind of you know bikes with different seat tube angles and stack heights and reaches to, to be identical, like it, it would be impossible exactly. within the kind of constraints of our job. So it, it, there is a certain level of adaptability required. But as you say, obviously, for someone like you, you know, you you came to this job and, and it basically saw a massive increase in volume very quickly.
1: Yeah, more sort of more regularity and, and also, you know, me pushing it a little bit harder. But that's no different you know, to take it away from the specifics of our job um, and the reviewing that we do and the riding that we have to do. You know, every rider goes through periods of time where they think, or they might think, oh, the weather's great. We had a great summer last year. So, you know, I'm going to do more mileage. Um, I'm on the bike. I don't feel 100% comfortable. I might tweak this. I might tweak that. I might, you know, or might leave it alone and then simply increase the, you know, and sensibly increase their mileage, you know, and follow all the golden rules. But actually... You know, by doing that, the bike fit isn't necessarily optimized, um, or or the the position they're riding in for say, let's say two hundred kilometers a week, as opposed to fifty kilometers a week they were doing in the springtime. Um, There are a lot of factors at play here, but the reality is this can happen to anyone. Yeah, it just so happens to have happened to me.
0: Yeah, as you say, I think it's that. Yeah, as you say, it's the kind of like it's that making a kind of sudden like large change that instead of your body kind of being able to adapt to it, it, you know, it just kind of falls out, falls outside of that boundary. So whatever it is, whether it's kind of an increase in training volume or, you know, as you say, like a, a kind of increase in saddle height, I, I, you know, it, obviously having a higher saddle, you, know, you speak to specialists like Phil Burt, for example, who used to be kind of physiotherapist and bike fitter to uh, team GB and team, team Sky, now team Ineos. You know, I think, you know, he's quite clear that the evidence shows that having a higher saddle height can increase your power output But of course, (laughs) you know, to a degree, obviously, but there is a functional limitation that most of us have compared to, say, professional riders. And that, like, yeah, you can put your saddle height up and you might get out a few more watts. But of course, yeah, it might also then lead to injury if your body is not able to adapt to that change. So.
1: Yeah, and pro riders are no different as well. They all w- work within certain limitations of their body, biomechanical limitations, physical limitations um, around weaknesses that, of course, they don't publicize, and of course, you don't see it on Instagram and, um, and and wherever you follow your pro riders. You know, all you see is them racing on the road, and they're either getting results or they're not. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it, there, there are always a lot of factors at play. But you know, even even Phil Burt will will. Yeah I don't know I've never actually spoken to him myself but I'm sure he he would recognize that every athlete he sees is is slightly different from the next one so everyone's sort of case is is going to be a little bit different
0: yeah so let's talk a little bit about what you have been doing to kind of resolve this issue i I believe you've been seeing a physical therapist i have yes yeah and you have also had a a new bike fit i have so 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 talk us through those things let's let's start with the kind of physical therapist first and you know obviously you know they've obviously given you some kind of guidance in terms of like rest recovery that sort of thing but like what are what what are the specifics of 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 that kind of you
1: know that process, and how has it been helpful? Uh, yeah, well, it probably it's probably best to start with why I chose to see a sports therapist. As it happens, my partner was was seeing the same therapist, and I thought, you know what, I'm pro- it's probably worth going to see, uh, going to see someone to get a, uh, you know an opinion because the injury wasn't healing by just stopping, and I thought that's not normal. Um, it's not normal for me. I'm very fortunate. I haven't had. Many injuries in, in, in my lifetime and and so I thought this isn't getting better, and it sort of aches when I walk as well as when I'm riding a bike. And and we're not that old, are we? No, <laughs> but no, we're not that old yet um, and and I couldn't ride around it at that point yeah. so I, and I, I just thought I can't ride without damaging it further, so I, I need to, I need to get some advice. so she's been really helpful in terms of helping me to identify the potential causes. Um, so when we talked about, you know, my knee injury, it's not my knee actually, it's, yeah. it's the inside of my groin that's causing the aggravation at the insertion point of my knee. Um, but I wouldn't have known that. Yeah. And I couldn't, I couldn't possibly have positively identified that myself. I thought it was a knee injury. I thought I had a problem with, you know, some cartilage or I had, I had detached something or, you know, you know, on my anterior cruciate ligament or so, I had done something that was caught, you know, fundamentally bad. And as it happened, it was just my body and its limitations and what it's sort of grown into over sort of 33 years of misuse. And at the same time as well, I found that engaging with someone else who's professionally qualified, um, she's she's different from a physiotherapist, that's important to say, but, you know, as a sports therapist, she has plenty of experience, hands-on experience, as well as theoretical experience um, in in diagnosing and treating injuries. And I found uh, engaging with that really positive mentally. I'm not very good at being injured. I don't like (laughs) not doing exercise and I don't like not training. Um, And so working with someone gave me a pathway and an avenue that I could could commit myself to. So that was really important for me over and above, you know, necessarily the the physical side of things. Um, I knew as well that I, I sort of knew in my heart of hearts what's caused this. I've messed around with my with my bike fit a little bit and now I've gone back to where the my original bike fit sheet from 2016 said I should be <laughs> which worked really well for me before that hasn't solved it and I've had three or four weeks off the bike and I've gone back to that position and it's slightly better but I'm still struggling um so I thought right I know it's good form to sort of get a kind of you know good advice to refresh the bike fit so I thought okay let's tackle that as well and we've actually hopefully got chats with both of those, uh, both my uh, sports uh, therapist and the, my bike fitter um, coming up shortly. So we'll uh, stay tuned for that as well. Okay,
0: I think you sought help privately for this therapist,
1: but I um, did. Yeah, I did, yes. if
0: if people you know kind of if money's a bit tight at the moment, you know, are there other ways for people to kind of seek advice or you know helpful information?
1: Uh, th- th- there are, there are. I mean, the, the big the big piece of advice I, c- I can offer is is to first of all just rest and see and see if it sort of recovers of its own volition. Even even that was, was the main piece of advice I got. First thing, have <laughs> you rested? <laughs> yes, I have. Okay, right, let's move on to stage sure. two. So always do that. If you can't afford to see a, you know, or money is tight and you, you feel like you can't afford to, then there's no need to see this, you know, a therapist or, or, you know, a physio uh, every week. Um, I've been doing it on the basis of three every three or four weeks, and that's been absolutely fine because it's not just going to a therapist. Um, and we'll cover this in more detail when I when we do chat to to, um, to Bethany. Uh, she, you know, it's not just the work that she is doing and helping you out with being hands on. It's the work that you do when you go away from that. You take the advice on board. You do the rehab exercises the strengthening and stability exercises that I've had to do, the stretching and and everything else that goes along with it, which we'll we'll come on to in a moment. So, yeah, it's... It's not just a laying on of hands then. (laughs) It isn't, unfortunately. A little bit more work involved. Yeah, a bit bit more work (laughs) involved. And it's certainly, you know, if you you do have money to burn, if you're lucky Mm. enough to have money to burn and think, yeah, I'm going to see a physio, you know, maybe twice a week, I can do that for the next three months, and I'm going to be right as rain afterwards... Well, it will get you to a certain point, but you've got to put the work in around it. Mm. Um, So you can't throw money at a problem and fix it. Unless you happen to know a very specialist knee doctor who can just <laughs> click their fingers and, you know, seemingly feel sure, like they do for footballers. Sure. So that,
0: you know, well, I, I get the, But then, I, like you say, I'm sure that, you know, even these footballers, like it seems like they, yeah, they, but then they, they have a team of, as you're saying, like physiotherapists. and they're, they're, Every day. That's their job, isn't it? To do the work and and be athletes. So yeah, and to be easier. in the gym and doing Whereas- the rehab
1: and and all that stuff as well. And it's worth saying as well, I'm not. Well, while we're talking here, we're not specifically saying this is what mm. you should do. Everyone is incredibly different, and um, you know, if we say you should do lots of rehab and strengthening exercises, well, that's that's probably a good place to start from. But you need to speak, you need to understand what it is you need to do, how you need to do it, how often the the, the weights you need to be lifting. If if strength is what you need, yeah, it could be flexibility is sure. what you need, and you might be advice to have yoga or go into yoga yeah. or pilates and stuff i yeah. wasn't but <laughs> but so you know you might be if flexibility is an issue for you there there are there are so many things specific things that could apply to someone who's listening now you know our listeners right now maybe you're you're dealing with an injury you know there are so many things having that third person to really get to understand third person second person outside influence to get to understand what the problem is what the cause could be and what necessarily needs to change mm-hmm. and what you can do to recover from it and to build out of it um, is super, super important. That's that's what you need to do.
0: Okay. In in our notes here, we've got a little bit about prevention rather yeah. than cure. Mm. And obviously, you know, there might be really a lot of people listening to this who, you know, don't have an injury and mm. they're thinking, I'm kind of fine, yeah. you know, but yeah, like maybe you're you've got a big kind of block of we're getting towards the summer you're thinking about increasing your volume I you're, am. You're, yes. you know you're watching yeah. the tv and you're looking at those nice kind of aggressive long and low riding positions that mm. you see in the pro peloton and thinking oh maybe i could be a bit faster this year if i just dropped you know 3 centimetres out of my <laughs> yeah <laughs> out of my uh, stack height and put my saddle up a centimeter kind of yeah. like yeah yeah obviously i'm, I'm kind of you're
1: going to take it to an extreme but the point extreme, stands here. but yeah, like yeah. It, w- what should
0: people be doing you know or what could people be doing to kind of like prepare their body better for a kind of, you know, a big increase in volume? Or like, you know, what are the things to avoid? I mean, you you know, you've already kind of mentioned there, like avoid kind of making big changes to a bike fit that you're already comfortable yeah. with without yeah. kind of professional help. Yeah. But, you know, people like to tinker. I like to tinker. You
1: know, what what so I, of, yeah, yeah, what kind of things, what kind of things could we be doing to prepare ourselves? Uh, so that there are the basic ones around warming up. That, that, that it's a really sort of foggy term. That to say warming up. You know what does that mean? Does that mean just static stretching? No, is the, is probably the answer mm. to that question. Um, but you know preparing your body for the work that you need to do. And this is one of the big lessons that I've learned. You know I did a I did a, a degree a sports degree at university, for example, and and. Uh, have, have been sort of a keen sort of young athlete when I was a lot a lot younger. I've got a lot of sort of, uh, not a lot, I've got some experience around this previously, but it's amazing how you forget some of those golden mm. rules or you learn something new as time goes on. And for me, the big thing is prehabbing rather than rehabbing. Now, you've got to go through a period when you're recovering from an injury. It's by definition, it's a bit of rehabbing, yeah. right? But but when you're going to step out and go for a ride however long that is whether it's you know 20 40 60 80k longer um, the most important thing that you can do is get your body ready for that first um, and treat the areas that need to be treated in my case so very specifically I need to yes stretch my my groin area to sort of increase the elasticity but that doesn't just come from static stretching that comes from raising your heart rate raising your body temperature your you know your yeah, uh, the temperature within that muscle. So for me specifically, um, I find I get a, a, a decent amount of warming, a, a ability to warm up through doing simple body weight squats, just to mobilise myself. Um, I'm a faffer, so what I will tend to do is forget and leave things upstairs. So I'll end up running up and down the stairs, you know, a, a lot before I go out for a ride. That's a really good way to, you know, for me personally, it just seems to work. Um, and doing side lunges as well. Uh, making sure my knee's tracking properly over sort of like the mid part of my foot. Um, and I'll spend about five minutes doing that before I get on the bike. Um, when you're riding a bike, when you're on that bike, for me personally, that does, does a good, really good job. Mm. When you get on the bike, then I start really steadily and slowly and make sure I'm sort of following the movement patterns that I know are good, that have been set down for me, partly by the sports therapist, but by my updated bike fit. Um... So there are many things at play here, but start off steady and build into it. Don't think, right, okay, I'm now going to go out and I'm my, I've i got a threshold session or I'm going to do some intervals and jump straight into them. Give yourself plenty of time to get yourself in, in, into that zone. And it's more to do with... It's not just warming up and delaying the work you want to do. It's fundamentally important. And to also, ensure if you have an injury as well, to help you manage that as well.
0: Yeah, I would generally agree with that sort of stuff. Like, I I find I've been very fortunate. And as soon as I've said this, I'm probably going to go out and get an injury later when I ride home. But I've been fortunate not to have kind of too many um, niggles and and injuries and things like that, you know. despite the fact that yeah like we, we change in bikes all the time, I seem to be able to absorb that fairly well. I, you know, I don't do the most miles ever, so the, the, there is definitely that as well. But I also definitely agree that, you know, if you're going out on the bike and you've got some hard work to do, give yourself 10 to 15 minutes to just kind of loosen up, you know, warm, as you say, warm your muscles up and, and just kind of like get comfortable on the bike, find mm. a good saddle position, you know, all that sort of stuff. Because... Yeah, you don't want to be kind of going out and, and hitting sprints cold. <laughs> no. Um, y- y- you know, even if it's just a case of like, you know, to give yourself that 10 minutes to just kind of assess your body, how am I feeling today? Yes. You know, yeah. I, I think because you know, one of the things, you know, we've noted in, in the kind of show notes for this is, is the kind of like listen to your body aspect of it. Mm. And, you know, knowing that it isn't sensible to just suddenly have a massive increase in load whether that's training load you know muscular load whatever it mm-hmm. is it, you know if you push things too far in a short amount of time you're going to overload your body to the point at which it can't you know properly recover from that and you won't get fitter and you do risk injury so giving yourself sort of 10 to 15 minutes at the start of a ride just to kind of ease into things you know if, if you have a power meter it can be helpful to kind of like see the numbers check it against your heart rate. You know, how do I feel today? Ask yourself that kind of checklist of questions. Like, do I feel in a good position yep. to really hit this session as hard as I want to yep. or as I need to? And, and, you know, and if and if the answer is no and if you're thinking maybe that knee doesn't feel so good or, you know, whatever, whatever or it is, like, yep. you know, your yep. heart rate is just like, you know, quite high for the amount of power, but, you know, maybe it's better to just go home and have a rest.
1: You, know, you yeah. can do it tomorrow. Or, or at the very least, modify your plan. Yeah. I, and it's worth saying as well that, we, I think you and I, we we naturally approach this from a training perspective and a scientific perspective. It's the same if you're just rocking out for a for a Sunday club ride with your friends, or you're you just enjoy doing steady audaxes, um, you know, two hundred k Audax. whatever. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter what it is. Just take the time to build into it, mm. um, and you know, there, there are there are definitely some lessons to be learned there, um, and and I think I think it it just applies to every cyclist, whoever you are.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's just it's a kind of thing, like you say. If you if you're turning up for the Sunday club run, mm. try and leave on time so you don't have to sprint to the start. Right?
1: That helps. <laughs> that definitely helps. Yep, 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 yep. Um, and and just pick pick easier rides. Pick, go Yuck. with the slower group while you're recovering and. Yeah. Need to make a, make a, a song and dance about it, or you know, I we, we all know we all know riders at our local clubs who uh, who uh, like to make a song and dance about them being slightly injured or not feeling 100, yeah. percent and it's a kind of um, <laughs> I don't know, kind of helps them feel better about themselves. And everyone else thinks, oh, he's keen today, isn't he? He's just, uh... but the, you know, I, I say I say that with tongue in cheek, of yeah. course. But but uh, yeah, yeah, do what's right and do what's right for your body and your mind as well. So let's talk a
0: little bit about um, bike fit now. Mm, okay, I, obviously bike fit is a kind of popular topic amongst kind of dedicated cyclists. Um, you know, I know I know lots of people who've had a professional bike fit. Personally, I've never had one, mm-hmm. just because I've always been comfortable enough on my bike, and I a bit you know. I, I I change. You know, I'm, I'm constantly changing my saddle height depending on like what shoes I'm wearing. You know, sure, yeah. so
1: <laughs> so you've got a range there that you're, I, I, you're comfortable with. And yeah, you can, yeah. So, so you've never found the need to do it because no. you've never, brutally speaking, you've never had a problem to solve. Therefore, that's right. You've, and and, you've and I think it. you know yep. th- this.
0: This is a kind of classic thing. If you know, don't do what I'm saying. <laughs> 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 you know, I had the the la- You know, I, I've always bought kind of second-hand bikes. Off, off people, and you know, I'm sort of 183 centimeters tall. I raced on a 54 centimeter size medium giant TCR for a really long time, Mm -hmm. which was too small for me. But I got a good deal on it from a friend, and it was a very nice bike. Uh, And the way I got around the fact that it was too small was I just ran a 14 centimeter stem. Mm -hmm. It was fine. I only really raced short crits, road races that were like you know, maximum hundred and. 100k 120k i didn't do long rides i didn't need to be particularly comfortable but i felt i felt that if i'd gone to a bike fitter they'd be like this bike is obviously too small for you yep and and they they may well have been right yeah but but i didn't see a a problem but you know why should people consider getting a professional bike fit (sighs) spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 40%. Up to 40% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions
1: may apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Uh, well, we I will discuss this in in a lot more detail with uh, James Thomas, the uh, uh, my my bike fitter, essentially, who did my original fit in 2016, um, and 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 one that I've just recently had, and I've got a, a, to schedule a follow up with him soon as well to see how progress is being made. But if someone should, you know, broadly speaking, we we will cover that with him, I'm sure, and you know we've got a, a bike fit buyer's guide on bike radar, which you can go and have a look at as well, which, which has got some, you know, really good tips in there as well. And good explanation as, as to why, but a bike fit essentially, essentially for me, enables you to get the most out of the bike you've got, or probably most personally. Um, a bike fit should probably be considered as the thing you do before you get a bike, so that you're actually playing in the right ballpark first, basically not doing a Simon von Bromley. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. there are reasons why people do that. and 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 the reality is as well, if it works for you, it works for you, and you have you haven't got any problems, fine. and And I'm sure there will be people listening to this podcast who think, well, it's a bit of a waste of money. I'm fine. So why why would I bother? All I can say from my experience is that having a bike fit has improved my cycling has improved my comfort um on a bike uh and and has uh, you know and up to the you know we're talking about injury recovery here specifically and to return it to that it's helped me uh ride in a way where i'm focusing on the things that are going to help me recover so whether that's you know my pedal stroke efficiency i've got a power you know uh, garmin uh, rally power meters so i'm able to sort of check out my pedal you know, my balance as well. But all that information was really useful when I then took it to the bike fitter mm-hmm. alongside the notes that I had from my sports from the sports therapist appointments that I had. So he had a really good picture before I even turned up. Okay, he had an advantage. He had met me before. Um, and so I had a very basic idea from long, long memory uh, of, of how I should fit on a bike. But we completely changed it. Uh, my saddle height got lower, whereas previously my saddle height got higher now, we'll get into why well, have you gone forward and then back? Or, you know, like forward, you just sort of advanced your fit and then got gone backwards, even though you now seem to be more flexible. I said it was complicated. <laughs> uh, and I'll discuss a bit of that with James. But, yeah, a bike fit essentially enables you to get more out of the bike you've got or probably most importantly, uh, play in the right park, ballpark when you're looking for a, for a new bike um, and to ride most efficiently without sort of causing yourself any undue stress. And what kind of things, you know, if, if, if you take if I turn up to a to a bike fit
0: with with my bike you know assuming it's in a very adjustable bike it's not a kind of modern integrated yeah. bike with no yeah. adjustability what kind of things would you expect to kind of be
1: looked at and potentially changed uh, I well personally I'd expect you to have a, a a decent conversation first before you before you start looking at your fit you shouldn't be jumping onto a rig um, or st- sitting on a bike um, and someone's saying, hmm yeah, that doesn't look quite right okay and even if they've got a rig and they can adjust you, you shouldn't be riding it first if they haven't asked you what kind of riding you want to be doing, any issues that you've had previously any you know do it like sort of like a screening if you like um then I would feel slightly uncomfortable with that with that setup personally um and and there are degrees of bike fit and things that are called bike fits that may not be bike fits so you mm. may turn it. You may turn up to a a bike shop, for example, and they say, oh yeah, we'll do we'll fit you onto your bike and do you a bike fit. And they're using that language, and that's absolutely fine. But it's not gonna be, it's unlikely to be a full bike fit. Now, James, for example, works in his own has is is you know has his own bike shop and they 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 fit you to the bikes and they they perform this as part of the service, I believe. But, but many, many bike shops, they sell a bike and they say, yeah, well, we'll get your saddle height right and we'll get the, mm-hmm. you know, your um, your handlebar stack height a little bit right so you feel comfortable. Um, but feel comfortable doing what exactly? I've You know, you've you've just bought a bike and then you get set up and then away you go. So, well, I haven't ridden it yet. How can I possibly know if I'm comfortable? And you may be able to go back and get it tweaked again and they'll be happy to sort you out. And that's fine as a, as a super basic thing but it's not a bike fit in the sense of really analyzing you with say uh, saddle pressure mapping and, and cameras that you can show where your imbalances are um it showed it showed me tracking my knee inwards because i had, I had such a sort of a shortened um groin on my right leg, so my right knee was tracking inwards. Mm. Now, that's not the knee's problem; it's the fact that my muscle is pulling everything inwards and causing other problems besides, you know, a lack of engagement, you know, in my glutes. Um, IT band is actually really loose on that side because it's being pulled across, and so it was a bit a bit looser on my right side to my left. And I thought, well, that's a good thing, isn't it? <laughs> no, actually, it's not. It's not. You're actually imbalanced compared to your left, and so it's about, you know, there are there are so many things going on, but you can look into a lot more detail. Um, and the best bike fitters will help you make sense of that detail and will advise how to, uh, you know, and, and adjust a bike for you um, or, or maybe then be able to suggest a bike that would be best suited to you in terms of your fit.
0: Yeah. And, it, and it's tricky, isn't it? Because, you know, you know especially with um, you know road cyclists, you know, we often want to have a bike. That's you know I, the same as the one that's ridden in the Tour de France, right? We do. You know, yep. you mentioned the Cannago V4 RS earlier, Plagacher's bike, right? So yep. everyone's like, "Oh, that's a nice bike." Yep. But of course, you know, the position, the riding position on bikes such as that is generally designed for professional riders who are invariably aged eighteen to to thirty five, and um, you know, yep. at the peak of their athletic prowess, right? And you know, so. You know how how does that conflict then with the kind of the average, the average amateur cyclist?
1: If it or does it? Uh, well, I can't. I don't know exactly how much. For example, how much stack height I require. Oh, no, I can't remember. It, it differs between bike. Mm. I can't remember the exact figure off the top of my head, and I don't have it in front of me. What I can almost guarantee you is, I will, and I've not clapped eyes on this Kanaka yet, and I will do later today. Um, and I can almost guarantee you, it will not have enough stack height for my <laughs> Ultimate bike fit. It just won't, and I won't be able to add it because the steerer will be cut because it's it's a race bike and it's designed to be finely tuned. Now, there's no reason why I can't ride that bike and test that bike and enjoy that bike for for what it is, but I can't. I wouldn't want to take that bike at least not without a significant amount of training and adaptation on a say you know 100 mile or 200k ride now tomorrow or mm-hmm. next week um until I've really adapted to it um I'd be taking it for shorter rides more high intensity rides where I'm mimicking the kind of riding that someone may be doing or may be more interested yeah. in but yeah bike fit bikes are, are are very are very different and so you know I've kind of gone off to- off topic here, and I've I've got to let well, it start, I've a steered, bit. Of a, I've
0: steered you off. Haven't you I? have you have a little <laughs> bit. You have a little bit,
1: but you know the, you know the the type of bike you have and the geometry you have will play into the fit that you have on that bike, and it will be different between bikes. Yeah, um, and so you know helping m- making sure they dovetail. Like my my old Canyon Ultimate has a certain uh, now has a fit that's been adapted to be a little bit more like the Fairlight that I ride most of the time at the moment through the winter. When I'm testing wheels, I'm testing lots of different things, but. The fits are not precisely the same because the geometry doesn't enable that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my seat post on the on the Canyon doesn't enable me to get quite far enough forward. On, on the saddle, I need, really need a zero setback seat post, um, which I'm. I'm sure, having. You don't work in the bike industry. You could. You could... <laughs> I've got. Well, I've got one coming. I've got one coming. Uh, but the point is, for, for the fair like that is. But you know, there, there are there yeah. are adaptations and changes you can make to a bike which will markedly improve your experience on it, um, but also protect your body. Um, and there's no reason why you can't get fitter, stronger. You're not uh, you're not sort of signing yourself up to a life in a particular position, yeah. and that's it. You you're it's an ongoing process. And if you want to get fitter, stronger, more flexible, and and build that into it, then great. And it might be with enough hard work, or at least enough repetition and consistency doing those activities that you enjoy doing yeah so it's not adaptation. a chore right it yeah. shouldn't be a chore yeah you turn up you do you do your exercises you, you do it for a period of time and then you happen to you, let's just say you had a bike fit before and after say so, well you you know actually you you can put out more power because you're interested in that element of your cycling in the more aggressive position now because you're more flexible mm. and you've got more ability why don't we try adjusting that so yeah, it's, it's an ongoing process.
0: Yeah, and, and I think, you know, when, I, when, I, when we think of common kind of bike fit red flags, I often think of, generally, at, towards the front end, it's people quite often see they have too much reach, as in mm-hmm. the handlebars or especially the gear levers are too far away.
1: Yeah, too far away for me and I'm reaching forward too far. Yeah, and then
0: the kind of drops are too low and people can't effectively reach them or effectively reach the brake levers when they're in the drops. Now, typical symptoms of that, you'll see often that the, the bar tape on someone's bike it starts to get worn mm. in the area behind, just behind the shifters, yep. indicating yep. that that person, their hand position is comfortably resting on the area just behind the shifters, and yep. that would normally indicate too much reach. You need to yep. have a shorter stem or move your saddle forward to, you know, to kind of have, have less reach in some way. You often see people with their handlebars tilted up, for example, in an yeah. effort to bring the levers closer to them. Yeah. But obviously you could fix that by kind of just unwrapping the bar tape, rotating the bar down a little bit more, and then bringing the Saddle, the, bringing sorry, the, the lever the just back. up a little bit. So yeah. there are ways around that. I also think, um, you know, for people who kind of don't want to kind of instantly go out and spend some money but are interested in, in a bit of bike fit, there's a good app called, I think, My Velo Fit. Okay. Various different ones but you can essentially and you can do this without the app as well you can just film yourself if Mm -hmm. you have you know an iPhone or you know a smartphone with a slow motion camera set yourself up on the turbo trainer you can film yourself with the slow motion camera and then basically you can take screenshots from that kind of look at the angles of your you know of your kind of leg extension at the you know bottom dead center yeah and if it's outside of the kind of recommended range if you are very obviously reaching for the bottom of the pedal stroke you might you may consider that your saddle height could be too high and so if that's something you're having trouble with you could consider dropping it i think generally when you know, whenever whenever I hear of you know racer friends going for a bike fit, they always come back and say, "Oh, they dropped my saddle two centimeters." Oh, it's very strange. <laughs>
1: yeah, and then and then they secretly put it back up again without telling yeah, anyone. Yeah. I'm just going to ignore ignore the, the fit They said like, I shouldn't yeah. be running a 13 centimeter stem. I don't really understand it. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you know we could get into we get into the you know the long grass with all of this, but I think it's really important to say that we're not saying go ahead and change your bike fit. In fact, I'm. I'm imploring ev- anyone listening to this podcast not to go and change an element of your bike fit just out of hand, even if it's just to uh, try it, because you do risk, uh, you know, then operating. Say you go out for an hour's ride. That's an hour spent in a position your body's not used to. Um, probably limited with the pedals you've got as well, because you're, you know, if you are clipping in, you're, you're, lock- you're locked in essentially. Mm. So you ha- you can't you can't adapt to that. Um, and so you're you're more likely to generate injuries through that way. is it's so much better and this is just experience talking now um, to sort of engage with a professional who actually can look at what they're doing and advise you how to build into that. When I had my when I had my fit, it was yeah, don't go out and do 100k now. Yeah, you know spend the next two or three weeks doing 20k, 30k just and riding gently just to get used to the movement patterns get used to those. Everything else will follow in time.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's that's the really key thing. I think I, I think yeah. As, as yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I've just been very lucky. But I am, like I said, I'm a bit of a tinker. tinkerer, particularly sure. with my my position on the time trial bike, for example. One of the things I really like to do is is try and you know make mm-hmm. myself a little bit more aero by just kind of filming myself and making small changes. But like I think as I think the key thing to do is like yeah, probably best not to make any big changes to your no. bike fit without the help of, of a professional. But if you can't resist and you do want to make changes make small gradual changes give your body time to adapt you know if if you and and yeah for some if if it's a kind of change to you know say saddle height or position or things like that then Mm -hmm. you know it's it it really as you say pays to be kind of cautious with adapt adaptations and yeah you may be physically have the fitness to go ride 150k tomorrow but if you've just made a
1: change to your bike fit
0: Probably your not your body's
1: your bo- and you can't possibly know your no. body's not ready for it until until it's too late. Yes, um, and and I would say as well when you, if you let's say you change your saddle height, that change. Let's say you fundamentally change your saddle height, even just by a centimeter, that then changes the operating angles of where of you, you know the extension of your leg, mm. where the angles at which your knees are over the over the cleats. Um, your you know the stack height might have stayed the same. That's fine, but you're a little bit lower. In, you know where you' where you're sat on the saddle, so it's going to be relative a centimeter higher than where it was previously. All of the angles change you change one part of a closed system, everything else changes around it. so when you do change one aspect of your bike fit or of your fit or of the position on your bike, you're changing everything else as well. you just may not know it yeah so yeah, as I say, I urge caution and i i, I I'm a firm believer in it in a bike fit being one of the best investments someone can make. Yeah. either before buying a bike or having needing to adapt their bike to suit them afterwards but you know that's 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 through experience and actually the positive experiences i've had
0: yeah and and it is tricky i think you know obviously people don't have unlimited money or time or no, whatever of but course, like and uh, you know it, even just sort of buying things for your bike you know like changing saddle changing your shoes changing yeah. your handlebar you know changing group set for example you know if you switch between shimano and sram they have different shaped hoods you know it's true like or even upgrading from you know an older mechanical group set to a di2 group set the kind of mechanical hoods are much bigger than the di2 ones so mm-hmm. you know all of these things can change your bike fit so i think um yeah anytime
1: you change anything just just Caution. (laughs) Yes, exactly, and and apologies that we can't tell you to change certain things. Uh, No, if you're listening to this, apologies we can't tell you to change certain things, and that's going to fix you every ill. It's not the case, and yeah, we apologise for that. But at the end of the day, it's a process rather than a an outcome.
0: So let's let's say you know you've had an injury, Ash, and you're kind of on the road to recovery. Mm -hmm. Like what what is the kind of kind of it maybe in a kind of like a mental way? What is the kind of key thing
1: to kind of keep in mind? when you're kind of coming back from injury be patient be patient i I can't it's so easy to try and rush back um whether you're increasing load or you're trying you think you think oh i I just want to get back to cycling the way I, i i used to and 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 that's really challenging because and i and i you know for me cycling is a is is good for my mental health as well as as well as my physical health so it's really important for me to get back to where i i was previously or to get back to enjoying cycling the way i did previously it may not be exactly the same in terms of the volume or the intensity mm-hmm. or the type of riding i'm doing but as long as i'm enjoying it that and it's it's giving me what i need that's really important um so, the temptation is always to try and rush back, and I've even had micro elements of that in my recovery now where I've gone, "Oh, do you know it's really nice outside and i i just I, I want to go out for a ride so i'll I'll do eighty k rather than sixty k for example. And and sometimes that's harmless, and sometimes that works. Other times, and I've had this once where I've had a bit of a setback, and I've gone, "Oh, do you know what? <laughs> I'm knackered after that." And and you know, my, my leg aches more than I feel comfortable now going back onto the bike mm. to, to 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 do another session two or three days later. So I end up waiting time, and that, and that's not consistent. And consistency is really important within this as well. Patience, consistency, and stick to the to the plan. You know, trust the process is a is a saying that a friend of mine um, uses, com- completely unrelated to the bike industry, yeah. but tr- trust the process and be patient with it and the results will come. Um, and that helps if you know you're being guided to an extent by, say, a professional bike fitter as I have been or you know, a sports therapist as I have been. But I chose to invest the money yeah. in both of those areas. It's very important to say I chose to invest the money in both of those areas. And I made that decision because it was important to me mm. to do it. That I knew how important it was. Um, And they are my safeguards. Am I doing too much? Just, I'll drop my sports therapist and say, I'm feeling this very quickly. Quick text, you know, because we're comfortable in that that situation. What do you think? Um, Sounds like a bit too much. Okay, I won't do it then. At least I've got, I feel like then I've got some kind of permission externally. I'm not relying upon myself. (laughs) Yeah. To guide my own recovery, yeah. so they help me be patient and knowing that I've I've also invested this money, I'm not going to go now and ignore it, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as I say you you can monitor all these things using say something like a power meter if you've got one if you don't heart rates also a great one to to use as well it's it's very underrated in my opinion these days because power's come in as a more and I'm I'm using the invisible inverted commas around my head now <laughs> uh, you know perfect for podcasting um you know real yeah, measurement but yeah. the reality is that actually your body's going through an effort and your heart rate is going to tell you what that real effort is as well yeah you, you can
0: I think you can still monitor training load mm. you know Perhaps not to the same precision as with as with a power meter, but y- you know you can certainly there are you know the same way you can have a performance management chart for you know from your power meter you can mm. have a kind of tr- a, tr- a one that's based on heart rate uh, mm. stress yep. call I think it's Trimp it's the yeah. it's the
1: one that Strava uses so. I, I and think, Swift uses something like uh, TSS, doesn't it? But that yeah, uh, that so, uses a mix of both heart rate and so and power. yeah. So there, there are there are ones that use a
0: mix. There's loads of different. The yeah, point loads, is there's loads there of loads. different ways, and and I agree. Heart rate is kind of like is you know it's a bit undervalued as a as a train as a training tool these days. But um, the very
1: base, the very basic is that you know you're monitoring your load through through the things that you can see. Yes. Whether that's distance or time yeah, on the bike, totally. Th- those are the fundamental yeah. things because you can measure those. Hundred percent. So anyone can that. measure that. Yeah, exactly.
0: And if you've gone from you know two hours a week three hours a week and then you suddenly jump to eight hours a week yeah you know like that that's that's quite a big percentage increase isn't yeah it? probably slightly risky as yep. you say it's not necessarily going to cause problems for everyone and we can't you know we wouldn't want to you know like you know don't we're no not, we're specific not, advice yeah we're not trying to say oh you know say no to your friends who ask you to go out for a nice ride on a sunny day but it's mm. that kind of thing of like if you've if you've been having a really a really big week on the bike and it's like oh should I go out for one more smash
1: yeah you know? or, or the Sunday ride that I really like doing but I hadn't planned to but now I might go out if you've got and the it's flexibility- going to turn and it's going to turn into a kind of you know all-out race yeah then
0: you know, is, is that, you know, like you can, you can always, you know, I, I, I'm as guilty as, as anyone with this, you know, doing that one more hard training session on that week, you feel really good and then yeah. it, it ends up being too much. And, you know, maybe you don't get injured, maybe you fall ill, but having yep. that kind of discipline to sort of say, like, as you say, trust the process, follow the plan. Like I've done what I wanted to do this week, mm. you know, mm. be happy with that. And then next week I can carry on and, and do more. Whereas if you risk tipping it over, mm. <laughs> you yeah. know and and then you know if if it does tip over and you're a bit unlucky and you end up having a week off, two weeks off, it's
1: a setback then, isn't it, rather it than a, a steady build. It is, and it's also better to try not to have those setbacks um and you know and, and and to push yourself into that scenario, it's better not to have that than than to have that. You're not doing yourself any favors by training that little bit harder but then finding your body's under too much stress. And that's different for every individual. And it comes with experience, and it comes with time. But you've got to just recognize, in my opinion, you've got to recognize that you're going to have setbacks, you're going to have worries, you're going to have you know days where life just gets in the way, and you just got to accept, just accept it as part of the course, and get back to consistency. So keep it consistent, you know, as soon as you can, and as regularly as you can. Um, and that's probably the best way to go about it, as a general rule. If we can give any rule, that would be the one. Yeah. Um, guided by the training principles that you may have arrived at, or you know, you you've sought from expert help. And what about just kind of
0: more like general advice in terms of you know just kind of like living a healthy life, and you know how how is that going to help prevent kind of injuries and or help you recover from injuries?
1: Well, you know. It, it will be it will sound obvious to say but you are talking about the, you know those golden rules of you know getting enough rest and recovery is the actual time when you mend as opposed to you know the you yeah. know, you're training you're, yeah. you're you get fitter a st- through resting you you do. not through training you do yeah. you do um but you also recover from injury through resting as well or structured resting or structured training to rehab from an injury um so you know getting good sleep re- resting adequately within you know outside of uh your your sleep sleep is not just the recovery and then you've got to be active all the other time i'm guilty of that as well mm. i'll be super active through the whole day i'll then sleep really well and think well i i, I rested and recovered really really well that's not the way it works <laughs> unfortunately um you know you've got to eat a health a healthy and balanced diet um there, are, there that's a whole podcast in itself yeah we'll, we'll, maybe we'll come on to that another but, day but, it, but you know but it is a big it's a big deal right yes it is um the one the one thing you could probably say is just don't take it to an extreme. Yeah. One way or another. You know, there's there's space there's space for, you know, all kinds of foods and all kinds of, you know, stuff, of that stuff that helps you feel good about what you're eating and your feels makes your body feel good and you'll feel different. You know, people feel different on different I hesitate to use the word diet. Mm. Um but you on their general diet. Use that word as a general on your general diet. If you're, you know, some some things work better for some people than they do others. I, a friend of mine um, seems to confound. Confound all, all, all accepted science, and what works really, really well on on a lot on a high protein diet, which shouldn't shouldn't work for, for you know for 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 you know athlete training theoretically sure. for general yeah. generally accepted nutrition. Whereas whereas I just need to keep shoving carbs in my face yeah. constantly. That's yeah. how you know, and we're entirely different. You know, it's yeah. but it's 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 what works for you, and just following those those really good golden rules that I'm sure everyone knows what they are. But rather than. Not that anyone listening is doing this, but rather than rolling your eyes at it and saying, well, I'm kind of doing that, or I just don't have time in the day, actually taking a step back and thinking, where could I... Find that extra rest, or where could you know? Do, do I am I just eating a, a poor diet, and it's probably hin- maybe hindering by one percent my recovery. Yeah, but those small yeah. things make a difference.
0: I, I completely agree, and I think you know it's really easy. And I and I say this as someone again who's completely guilty of this to spend a lot of time kind of agonizing. You know, like what training sessions should I be doing? You know, you spend you yeah. you're there googling. Should I be doing? You know, what are the perf? What are the best intervals? To, you know, to make the perfect time trialist or something like that. When the reality is. You know, it doesn't really matter. You know, no. any high, any kind of polarized or kind of pyramidal mixture of high intensity and low intensity is going to get you in the same ballpark. And I would probably make much greater uh, gains in my fitness and my health by simply going to bed half an hour earlier, spending less time on my phone, eating a little bit better, you know. Possibly, <laughs> possibly. Do you know what yes. I mean? Like, yes, I and, and I do. And like spending, you know, probably more time with my friends. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, away, away from cycling. Away from cycling. So that you're fresher like, when you get to it. And, exactly, yeah. away, away from screens, you know, like doing as our, you know, uh, Alex Evans, uh, another one of Bike Radar's, uh, senior technical editors does and having a standing desk rather than sitting down all day and slumping in my chair. That's true. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's kind of, I think because everyone knows, you know, yeah, like if you sleep more, mm. it'll be good for you. It's kind mm. of, it's not a, it's not a sexy topic and, you know, and like you say, I say, I hate using talking about diet because I think, you know, it, yeah, like maybe you'll be really strict for a couple of months, and you might do, and that might help. But ultimately, like you know, we're not Tour de France athletes. We, you know, we need yeah. to enjoy our life. And 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 I think you know the idea of kind of being that kind of monastic. Mm. It's it's not for me personally. Of course, no. you know, if, if if you enjoy it and that's what you do Fair enough, but um, I, d- I don't think anyone needs to, as you say, take it to an extreme.
1: Um, I, think if, I think if you take it to it, ask any most pro cyclists whether whether you know living like a monk for six months of the year is good for them or healthy for them or they really enjoy doing it. I I'd, I'd, I'd be confident to say that they probably yeah, would say they don't it enjoy it's it. It's a yeah. job. It's a job exactly. But yeah. that's not the case. F- you know, you're, yeah. that's not the case. we are not for- doing it. It's not our no. job. No. no. And I think I think you know talking about food is is laced with difficulty mm. and laced with challenge um from whichever viewpoint you take it so that's probably you know i'd love to do a series of podcasts on that yeah. one. so maybe we will maybe we yeah. will tackle those um occasionally difficult issues um but i would say that the one thing you can do is to look after your mental health as well um, i've already mentioned that cycling for me is really important um but how you approach your recovery from an injury that's mentally very difficult as well as being physically difficult um, can actually, I, I I truly believe can help you uh, make faster strides forward. Now that that some may say that sounds wishy washy, but I can tell I can tell you right now that when I feel better about the things that I'm doing and that there's a purpose to it and it's positive that I'm doing those things, I feel far far better and more capable of taking myself out for the next ride and for the next session and and enjoying though that you know that training that I'm doing that rehab that prehab that strength and conditioning that I'm doing um I find that far far easier to do more enjoyable to do um and then you start to see that you start to be more optimistic About you know naturally more optimistic at least I do about the things that I've got coming up you know I've got a hundred miles sportive that I'm targeting in May that I want to go to fit strong I won't be perfect I know I won't be perfect (laughs) but I've accepted that sure what I want to do is turn up ride it strongly finish it not feeling I've pushed my very my upper limit of what I'm physically capable of doing and um, yeah and 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 to sort of revel in that and to enjoy it as i said rather than sort of seeing it as a challenge, a negative challenge right up until the moment i feel fixed and better again yeah because you know that that may sadly, may never happen. I may never, ever feel quite as elastic and as strong and as bouncy as well, I did. Well, I certainly don't
0: feel as powerful as no. like I did 10 years ago. It's part of yeah. aging, unfortunately, isn't it,
1: it? It is, it is. But there's no reason why people can't continue to improve, especially Absolutely. if you're not a pro athlete, yeah. up until your 40s or even 50s, I would argue, yeah. personally. Yeah. But but that becomes ever more challenging and you don't know what the challenges are going to be along the way. So I, I do think, you know, looking after your mental health, your overall well-being... And it's not just a simple case of saying I'm going to be positive about yeah, this. Exactly. It, you know, you've yeah. you got you got to believe in it. You have got to subscribe to what you're doing and the, and the positive reasons for it, and think this is a good thing. And actually, and genuinely believe that. And when you do, I think that is, that helps your recovery.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I definitely think that you know how you uh, approach these things makes a really big difference. And I, and I would say that you know if you find yourself you know kind of banging your head against the wall doing a certain type of, of riding and, you know, you're not enjoying it because you can't get help, you know, try something else, yeah. you know, like if, if, if road cycling is taking too much toll on your body from the kind of like constant pounding of miles, you know, think about going for, you know, maybe like borrow a mountain bike off a friend and and just go do some trails and, you know, because just, just that kind of like, you know, this is this something again? I'm very guilty of like I, I you know, I kind mm. of really only have road and time trial bikes. And um, but I took a trip up to see my parents last year and had a go at a trail centre. Yeah, and I loved it. And it was a completely different experience. Uh, it's something I'd never done before. You know, no power meters, mm. and it was mainly about skill, yeah, technical things. And of course, you know, there was a bit of fitness with the climbing involved, but I didn't have clip in shoes. You know, I didn't have all any any of this stuff. And and I found that you know, away from the kind of focus on numbers and training and the kind of process that I, I'd sort of, you know. I'm You've ingrained f- into yourself yeah, and I'm your identity. With that. Yeah, like yeah. I went out for two hours on the bike, yeah. just had a load of fun, yeah. you know, and I used different muscles and different skills. And, you know, then you come back to road cycling and, you know, with a kind of you know, you've still done a decent workout but mm. you've also worked on on your skills you've used different muscles and you know hopefully you're kind of like yeah and I'd had fun and, and like you say it kind of refreshes your mental outlook on things so I think yeah very yeah. important
1: yeah to that to that point I, I will say i I was lucky enough to um be present at a cross country uh mountain you know uh, marathon mountain bike event a few years ago and i I left it thinking of the event itself I left it thinking. Where's this been all my life? <laughs> and I still haven't tried it actually for myself. I don't have a mountain bike uh, at, at present, and but it, it, you know, it, possibly even more. I don't, you know, I, I've, I I I'm lucky enough to obviously we get we get test bikes as we know we have gravel bikes come in and so on. But actually, do you know what? I still, I look every now and then at cross-country mountain bikes and go, ooh, <laughs> yeah, I, I want to give that <laughs> yeah. a go. That's what I want to give a go. Something yeah. a bit, a bit gnarlier, a little yeah. bit, a little bit tougher, and something that's more removed from sort of the road, off-road yeah. crossover. Yeah. Remove it from that and go. No, I want, I want something that's different because it, it, it's, it's mentally fresher as i say i think i think you know it's horses for courses here um but looking after yourself mentally and making sure you know try, trying to make sure that you're you're approaching things positively and with some variation i think is um, really good advice and advice that I should probably follow even more for myself going forward. But if anyone is interested in in us doing um, a podcast or a podcast series on cycling and mental health, I know we did some, uh, a podcast or two uh, during lockdowns around how cycling helps us mentally and, you know, how we, have, you know, for, for our lifestyle, et cetera, et cetera. But if there's anything, any deep dives that you know, our listeners would like us to get into, then uh, yeah, let us know, let us know, you know, by emailing us at uh, podcast at Bikeradar.com and we'll uh, we'll get to it.
0: Yeah, that's right. As always, if you do have any questions or comments about this podcast and what we've discussed today, you can, as Ash says, email us at podcast at Bikeradar.com. We love receiving your questions and we will do our best to answer them. As always, thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And please do leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts as that helps us to reach more people. Uh, Thanks very much, Ash. Thank you very much. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar
1: Podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode.